The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, the attacks from Russia on Ukraine continue. 51 people have been murdered after a horrifying attack on a tiny village. A missile strike hit a cafe and shop on Thursday. The attack is believed to be the deadliest one in weeks. It saw the death of, among others, a six-year-old boy. Now, to tell us what's going on in Ukraine, journalist and filmmaker based in Kiev, Johnny O'Reilly. Johnny, good morning. Good morning. Now, we've seen the reaction from President Zelensky, um, who is articulating, I'm sure, the views of pretty much everybody in Ukraine about the nature of this atrocity. Yes, uh, this is another in uh, a long line of uh, attacks on uh, non-military targets. Um, It was a funeral of a young man who had died at war. Uh, uh, over a hundred people had gathered in this very small village, 40 kilometers from the front line. And uh, Russia presumably had uh, been given specific information about this event because they rolled out one of their uh, most accurate ballistic missiles in Iskander, which uh, hit the actual building where the event was taking place. And uh, so far, up to 52 people have died. And this attack uh, replicates a, a, an earlier attack in the neighboring village of Permovaisk in July, where another funeral was taking place, um, presumably with a, um, a high concentration of troops. Therefore, the Russians would claim that this is a military target. Uh, luckily, in July, it didn't hit the mark and uh, 20 people were injured, but no one was killed. But unfortunately, this is uh, yet another uh, devastating attack that has been, you know, going on since the beginning of the war. Mm. Um, it's uh, hard to find words of condemnation for Russia that haven't already been uttered many, many times. But this particular one, targeting the wake after a funeral, it's utterly callous and it's also utterly cynical. It is, yes, but the Russians would claim, and perhaps they believed, that this was a concentration of Ukrainian forces. And, you know, we don't know. The Ukrainian government does not give out information about Ukrainian soldiers, how many may have died or whether they were there or not. Um, and unfortunately, you know, that's obviously the, the, the same on the Ukrainian side. I'm not trying to, um, you know, excuse Russia for this, but, uh, it's, uh, it's, it, it was a terrible attack, which killed many young people and many people from a, a village who were not, uh, military. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's terrible. Mm. Um, the, the question of what, to do next? I mean, will any kind of military funerals uh, have to be planned differently? And also, this is an area that had been overrun by the Russians and then taken back by uh, Ukraine. But clearly, there's a, a fifth columnist among them who's giving information to the Russians. Yeah, this is a, an area that's quite near. It's in. It's part of East Ukraine, where there is very strong pro-Russian feeling, and many of the towns and villages in the in in this region are pro russian uh, many of the pro russians would have left the those villages to you know have gone east if you like once the ukrainians retook those so there there are plenty of 
informants on both sides of the border giving information about uh, force concentration, about potential targets on both sides of the border. Um, but certainly the evidence is that uh, the Russians have much fewer qualms about targeting targeting non-military uh, targets than the, the than the Ukrainians have. Um, this is a, it's an area near a town called Kupiansk, which originally had been taken by the Russians and then was retaken by the Ukrainians. But it's the one area where the Russian army is in attack mode uh, all across the rest of the 1,000 kilometer long uh, front line. Uh, Ukraine is in attack mode and the counter offensive continues in many places. But in this particular area around Kupiansk, it's the Russians who are attacking and the Ukrainians are defending. So what that means is that there is just a higher degree of Russian attacks on uh, positions further from the front line, including in, uh, in in the city center of Kharkiv, Ukraine's second biggest city, which also received uh, two Iskander missiles only this morning. Now, the leaked Defense Department documents from Russia indicating that they are preparing for a long war, that the, the budget allocation to uh, military production has been increased and uh, it's, you know, they're looking at maybe a five-year plan almost. What is reaction in Kiev to that kind of uh, talk, whether it is, you know, propaganda or whether it's real? Well, the, the reaction uh, is as has been since the beginning of the war, uh, an, an effort to try and increase the military supplies for the for Ukrainians' defence of its land. So there's been no let up in the diplomatic offensive again uh, from the Ukrainians to uh, NATO to all of the uh, supplier states to in- increase the uh, quantity and quality of armaments so that Ukraine can gain the edge in what what really is an asymmetrical war uh, where Ukraine is trying to fast track towards you know NATO doctrine of using high tech uh, weaponry against a much bigger army uh, so it's 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 it is now settling into a long longer term attritional war where whoever has the highest quantity and quality of armaments is going to gain the upper hand mm. uh, obviously uh, in world war 2 uh, russia uh, lost millions of uh, soldiers in that particular uh, conflict. I don't know whether they have a view as to the disposability of rank and file uh, compared to other nations. Well, P- Putin is, uh, you know, he has been enact, you know, he, if Putin wants to resurrect the Soviet Union and along with this, um, he has been using many of the doctrines that were at place during Stalingrad. You still have this, uh, you know, medieval way of, uh, warfare where you have, you throw large groups of soldiers, uh, into a meat grinder, essentially, to run down the, uh, artillery and 
weaponry of the enemy so that the more professional equipped soldiers can then finish off what is assumed to be a diminished uh, uh, battle enemy. So they are uh, adopting Second World War um, standards and uh, thus far they've managed to keep Ukraine at a stalemate with uh, with those measures. Now, the question of elections in Ukraine, President Zelensky is coming to the end of a five-year term. What will happen? Well, that's a very good question because there is a lot of uh, discussion about that at the moment. There's very little doubt that uh, Zelensky will be re-elected. But uh, certainly the the word out is that uh, within Zelensky's team, they are trying to convince uh, other politicians within the country and also uh, internationally that uh, elections are not needed at this time and that they will they may try to find some uh, scheme within martial law to delay the elections until the end of the war so that is a uh, it's a simmering discussion that could well become quite a significant political battle um, so watch that space. Let's see what, what, what they decide and if they decide to announce where and when. Uh, Putin is also up for election next year and is expected to make his announcement in November. So uh, w- one would expect that to trigger that political discussion perhaps out into the open in, in Ukraine. Well, there's no question when the war came to uh, Ukraine and uh, President Zelensky, relatively unknown quality, but there's no doubt cometh the hour, cometh the man, and almost Churchillian in terms of the personification of the war uh, in uh, Vladimir Zelensky himself. Anyway, Johnny O'Reilly, journalist and filmmaker based in Kiev, uh, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.